Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. This is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and we bring it to the streets. I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Michael Teddy. But it's always good to be with you guys. Give me a shout out, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Michael, let people know who you are. I'm sure they know anyway, but we'll tell them again anyway. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's good to be back uh, again on a podcast with you. And um, so my name is Michael. I serve as the preaching pastor here at Redemption Hill Church, uh, way down in the southern tip of India, in the state of Kerala. And so uh, if you're ever traveling to India, make sure to come by. <laughs> And uh, we'd love to host you and have you with us and fellowship with you. And uh, so we are a small church. Um, we have um, about 20 people attending the church right now. Uh, but uh, we try to do a lot of work as much as we can in terms of putting out gospel-centered resources, spreading the word about the gospel. And it's just a joy and uh, to be able to even do this podcast. So, so if you want to reach us, uh, uh, you can reach us at uh, redemptionhill.india at gmail.com or you can email me at michaelteddy at gmail.com and uh, we'd love to hear from you. You know, we were talking last week about is salvation a feeling and then you know some days you don't feel saved and Paul we know struggled with sin and and then when we're talking about this uh you know that who can deliver me from this body of death right and and right. you know I've read in I read in a commentary I don't know which commentary it was and I don't know this to be historical but it may be because I've I've seen two two people I don't even know if you heard this and I didn't even go over this with Pastor Michael. But I think Paul being a Roman citizen, they say the metaphor there is that the Roman government, when when they were going to put somebody to death, they would actually strap a dead body around someone who was almost ready to die. And that the 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 rigor mortis from that body would actually kill that person that they're putting to death. It would be a terrible death, you would think. And Paul, from what I heard, that would be the metaphor. This this sin is this body of death that's tied to you. And if that actually happened in the Roman days, what a picture of sin. I mean, Paul, right? I mean, I don't know if you ever heard that before, uh, Pastor Michael, um, but whether it's true or not, if Paul had that in his mind, Think about what Paul is saying there, this body of death that's tied on another body, if that's the case, this sin will actually kill you unless there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? So just think about, just maybe you can expound on that if you ever heard that metaphor before. Right. No, I've not heard that, that metaphor specifically, but even as you're, even, even as you're stating that, I, I think one of the things that when we, we, you know, we talk about always understanding a text within its context, right? Amen. And there is a sense in which, uh, so I, I remember once when I was uh, hearing this uh, preacher um, preach on um, the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. 
um, he went in to a deep hermeneutic of unraveling the text um, in such a way that it ended up that the whole point of the prodigal son has only to do with the elder brother. Yeah, we are and now. right, and the elder brother's response. And so, what happened was, in doing so, uh, he lost a balance at some level, right? And um, the prodigal son didn't matter anymore at all. You know, there was nothing. There's, there's no joy there. There's no hope there. There's no scope there. And that's not at all what's the point, and that's not at all what the text is talking about. And uh, there's a, there's a way in which you can go on a hermeneutical tangent which by which you you lose the context that you try to uh, pick on you lose the text you lose what's clearly there and so we want to always make sure that when we study a text we're trying to read it uh, we, we're going to look at the plain intention plain meaning of the text and then when we bring in historical context uh, we want to make sure that historical context does not overrule the broader biblical context amen so when Paul says, talks about the body of death, you know, for a person who's reading through the scripture, it's not too difficult from, you know, we've got Romans 6, where Paul talks about uh, the old self, right? The, the old, our old self being crucified with Christ. Um, uh, he, to he talks about, you know, uh, that we are the first fruits of the spirit groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So there's, there's language all over in, in those areas, which kind of tells us that there is a sense in which this is a body of the flesh, a body of death, a body made, you know, and so the historical context will like, like you've been, you try to understand that it, it will always support the clearer vision of the text. Yeah. Um, and the vision of the text is very clear in the sense that, there is a conflict between what my flesh wants and what my spirit wants. And my spirit is renewed in Christ. It's alive. It's, it's, it's born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so my spirit wants to glorify God. My flesh wants to um, uh, wage yourself. war. <laughs> yeah, glorify yourself and wage war against the Lord. And so when that conflict happens, Paul's calling it the body of death. And, um, uh, you know, who can save me? How wretched am I? And, and the solution is Christ. He alone can save. You know, when I, I was thinking about uh, the prodigal son, um, and I, I, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Gordon Fee. Gordon Fee's got to be up in his 90s right now, but he was a, uh, a scholar. He, um, he's uh, and a good preacher, a really good preacher. I remember I was listening. It, it almost stopped me. Well, I don't want to get dramatic, stopping me in my tracks. But I remember he preached a sermon on the prodigal son. And he ended the sermon in a dramatic way. And I think that really hit home. He said, okay, think about this. Think about if the prodigal son came home to the elder brother and the father was dead let's just say you talk about there would be no grace there would be no mercy there would be nothing and that's and and then he said in closing he said that's us 
That's who we think because now that because we're saved by grace and this and that, we think we, you know, we have to be careful. We have to remember where we came from. And that was his hermeneutic on that. And I think it was, you know, and again, we can't make parables stand on, you know, they don't stand on a lot of floor, floor uh, you know, they, they kind of have a sting in the tail. Well, that was a sting in the tail. He says, because really, the, he says, imagine if the prodigal, would have came home to the elder brother. What chance he would have had? You know, and, and he says, that's who we are today. We as the church here, say in America, whatever he was at that time, he was in Canada uh, in Regent Seminary, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, and teaching. He says, but at the end of the day, are we the, are we the older brother? Are we going to be quick to condemn somebody coming home in their sin and things like that? So maybe a thought on that. If um, yeah, if yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think for most Christians, their favorite theologian in the Bible is Paul, because Paul's given us almost you know uh, three fourths of the New Testament, and um, Paul's a great theologian. But I wonder if we lived in those times, whether we would even accept. Paul's testimony because he imprisoned Christians. He, you know, so he's ministering to people whom he hurt in terrible ways, right? And he's responsible for, in, in one way or another, for Stephen's death. Um, how, how did he live with that? You know, uh, he, he, he has a plausible theory. It's a theory I love, uh, but it's a plausible theory. When, when Luke says that uh, Stephen had the face of an angel, I, I wonder if, if Luke ever met Stephen or is Luke saying that because Luke is Paul's physician and that's Paul's description of Stephen. Wow. Did, did Paul live yeah. the rest of his life talking about Stephen as the, the seed that God used to bring Paul to where he is and he had the face of an angel? Did Paul live the rest of his life knowing that he was responsible for the death of a young man who had the face of an angel? Yeah, you know, that, great point. Yeah, that's maybe how we thought of it. And, and so the point is when Paul comes to faith, there are people who reject his ministry throughout his life. They're not willing to accept it. They want to cause him harm. They want to, you know, they, and the reason they are hostile to him is because of the hurt he caused. And that's what this parable addresses. The, the elder brother is hurt because of the way the younger brother has squandered the wealth that was hard earned by the father, the he has squandered his inheritance, squandered the family name. He is he's done. He's brought uh, ill repute to the family, mm. and he's done all of those things. And now he wants forgiveness. Now you know he he recognizes his mistake. Why should we accept him, right? And the gospel is, you accept him, because Jesus, the the way Jesus accepts us. Is, is, you know, we have the picture of the father who is, is looking at the son coming and he runs out, you know, of his house and out the gate and meets him in the path and hugs him and, and, and receives him. What Jesus did for us while we were yet sinners is he ran from his house, the leaving the glories of heaven behind, came in human flesh and went up to the cross uh, 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 you know, I, I heard this preacher preach. Jesus was more willing to go to the cross than most Christians are willing to go to church. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. 
right and so so he came down for us he died for our sins so when we look at someone like paul or even in our own lives we are looking at somebody who's done us much harm who has hurt us who has you know brought a lot of problems and ill reputation all sorts of stuff and they actually come to the faith the gospel that saved us demands that we not be like the elder brother yeah that we take the counsel of the father who says all that is mine is yours but do you not see my son was lost but now is found praise the lord he was dead but now he is alive again and so that's the heart of the gospel and we who have been saved by that gospel have to be a people who believes that gospel yeah uh, so just want to switch gears for a second so i so you know you know when me pastor michael around we we don't really plan anything we have no you know we just we just talk yeah. but i don't know if michael you heard um this is kind of switching gears with a little bit i don't know if you heard that there was a leaked document that came out of the supreme court um yeah. i think it was yesterday or the day before and again i didn't even discuss this with pastor michael today but and it looks like it looks like they are going to overturn um roe v wade and the casey yeah. decision and the implementation of that or the uh, of doing that and it looks like that's going to happen and the reason so i'm going to ask michael i don't pastor michael i don't know obviously the one leaked it wants to stir up some stuff obviously i'd like to know the mind of that person that leaked it but that's a story for another day but i think about that and all this would do would put it back on the states obviously but in you know arizona which is by god's grace still a um conservative state i don't know how long it's going to be conservative but i think yeah. uh, uh, abortion if if that's the case if it holds up uh would be illegal here but any you know looking from afar now i don't know what the laws are in india with this so this is all new territory and we only got about maybe 15 minutes and that's okay so again this is how me and pastor michael do it i just was thinking about this as he was talking so um first of all did you I, you did nod your head so you heard what you heard what i said so yeah. maybe you can talk to me about that a little bit and give me your um theological implementation on that and how is it yeah. in india concerning um protection of the unborn and i i wouldn't know that or if it's the same or different or um right. so please so yeah i did i did follow up on it i did hear about it and uh, yeah you know i <laughs> if if roe versus wade you know if if they, if, if things uh, if things go in favor of you know our hopes that you know Uh, we can move into uh, you know criminalizing or even removing abortion making abortion illegal um maybe um we are living in a post millennial world yeah i, I know but <laughs> <laughs> ashuk if ashuk hears this he'll be jumping up and down right yeah <laughs> so um so it, it it came as a as a pleasant news that there was something like this happening and uh it is good um so in in india 
as far as i understand it um well, we i don't i don't believe that abortion is legal we don't have uh, facilities like planned parenthood here um so but but india has a lot of abortions um i think it's of i'm not now don't don't quote me here but uh, the last i checked i think we're talking about 15 million a year wow yes yeah, so um so in other words but they would be they they would be more of a legal a, a illegal abortions right abhishek uh, michael right right so what 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 happens is uh, not all parts of india have um, great health care right and there's a lot of uh, uh, poorer uh, regions of the society that don't have access don't have so there's a lot of things that happen under the books there's a lot of things that go missing there's a, so uh, uh, typically you know as far as i understand it here um, we don't have a legal um, source for abortion um, but at the same time a lot of it does happen and um, um, i'm not seen a lot of um, christian ministry here that's fighting it it's not at the forefront of most of the battles we're new to it as a church here as well um trying to look at what's happening there and trying to figure out what is happening here what can we do about it um but it's not of the order of uh, stuff happening in the us um stuff happening in the us uh, in in from looking from afar um there is such a blind hostility uh towards god in this regard i mean fighting for the unborn shouldn't be so complicated right but there's there's a whole lot of damaging feminism yeah. that centers around the woman having the right over her own body which you know we don't mind women having right over their own body but that's not your body uh, you yeah, know there's yeah. a there's another human being inside of you mm. and the children are a gift from the lord a heritage the psalms tells us um uh, so the act of abortion is sinful in every form biblically um and uh, it must be fought and it is in my in my opinion i agree uh, that uh, abor- abortion is murder it it is the killing of of uh, human beings and so when i see the you know just young people uh, protesting and standing there and shouting for women's rights and then you've got you know people like i i follow a lot of jeff durbin uh, and end abortion yeah, now they're big, they're big on that they go they go right, right to the they'll go preach right in front of the supreme court if they had to yeah 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 and i really admire them for what they do and just listening to those guys and when they converse with people on the streets and they they catch them on the question of aren't these babies being killed are you okay with that you've got people saying yeah you know um we should have the freedom to kill babies and that's what's happening and so um if 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 this law i mean this as far as i understand this law it this law makes it a federal law it makes it a constitutional right to abortion right it becomes a fundamental right 
that cannot be questioned by the states. And uh, it, it, removing that seems to be f- looking from afar, just knowing, you know, looking at the American Constitution. I think this law is opposed to the Constitution in every way, as I understand it, that it, it really needs to come off. Yeah, I think. And, and you know, like, uh, words matter. And in uh, and, and reading some of the um, the opinion by Justice Alito, it's a, it's amazing. You know, you think about and obviously you know, we think about, but words do matter. And he said, basically, he says in several passages, he describes doctors and nurses who terminate pregnancies as abortionist, you know, like, so, so that's a, that's a different word than where um, the world kind of calls them abortion providers, you know what I'm saying? So when he, you know, so I looked at that because I'm uh, words are, they do matter. And he calls them abortionists over against uh, abortion providers. So um, and I think so if you look at all this theologically, everything, whether it's same sex marriage, whether it's abortion, all of it comes against is against the mandates of God. All of it. It's all against the God ordained relationship of marriage between man and woman. I mean, Think about the child that you have right now that's sleeping in the other room. I mean, how many times have you told me that you just, you know, you look at that baby and you got to just thank them. Who do you thank? And then and if and we know that that baby is a baby at at conception. I mean, then you just it's just how can somebody just want to say my body, my choice and think about that, that I just don't. Just don't get it, Pastor Michael. I just don't. It's just it's it's sickening. It really is. Absolutely. Uh, in my own personal opinion, um, and, uh, you know, take it or leave it. But in my personal I'm opinion, I'm going to take it. Um, <laughs> COVID, in many ways, I believe, is God's damnation upon a world that's killing babies. Mm. And um um, it is it is a very uh, you know and I and I keep thinking about it. Uh, evil regimes will always fall. It's been historical. It's always happened. Yeah. The righteous will prevail. The remnant will last. The um, God's people will make it to the promised land, and the evil will be purged from our midst. Um, and if I can quote Doug Wilson here, stupidity is not a long-term solution. And so <laughs> you, you, you just, you will see these regimes crumble and we just have to stick with the word, with the truth and knowing that our Lord is King. He's mm-hmm. the ruler of the earth. He's the lo- ruler of the heavens and the earth. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. We go therefore and preach the gospel baptizing the nations, knowing that he is our king who has all authority and he has sent us. And so Jesus will exercise his authority and he will subdue all his enemies. The father will subdue all all the enemies under the feet of Christ. And so we know that's happening. We know that will happen. We just have to be faithful and fight. And uh, we will see these kind of things crumble. We will see things turn around and, um, Really, uh, I feel in many ways the West is burning down the house and uh, Christians who are faithful will rebuild it. 
you almost convinced me to be a post-millennialist. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're just about out of time. This is a blessing. So, and we basically came on today just to um, uh, talk about, well, just we're never lost for words. But anyway, listen, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail, anything you want to ask. It's always an honor to, to interact with you guys. Again, this is how me and Pastor Michael do it. We take theology and we bring it to the streets. Till next time, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.com dot org.